Welcome in to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. We've got a loaded show for you today. SoCal Scout Steve Doherty is going to join me to talk about the number one versus number two, Olu versus Jay Sarah three-game series this week. Then we'll recap the National Classic before head coach Casey Burrell of West Ranch, the champions of the National Classic, joins us. Then we'll take you on the San Diego Swing with Jack Shannon, who has one, maybe two pop-up guys in San Diego, not named Cavaco. We'll be right back. Welcome in to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I'm pumped to get things kicked off with SoCal Area Scout Steve Doherty. We had a busy, busy week last week. Yours was even busier than mine with the National Classic and a couple other area tournaments going on here in Orange County. So let's hop right into what we saw at the National Classic. Again, just an outstanding tournament put on by El Dorado High School head coach Matt Lucas over there does a great job. You know, there was a few things that I saw that impressed me. Uh, You know, I know that there was guys and things that you saw that impressed you. So let's get let's go ahead and start there. What, what are some of the things, or we'll go flip back and forth, so what's the one thing that stood out to you or one guy that stood out to you at the National Classic last week? Yeah, you know, my first game uh, I took in Beckman, and I wanted to get some eyes on a few guys there that I hadn't seen in a while, and it, and it, and it all started with Carter McGuire over at Beckman, the UCI commit, and he just had a whale of a day um, at the plate. I think he got three hits, and then, of course, you know, had the had to get some eyes on, on Sean McLean and Nick McLean, uh, who also um, were, were pretty offensive uh, for the Patriots this weekend. So it was a good good opportunity to see them. Really like what I saw from all of those guys. Um, sprinkled in there is Alex Gomez, a San Diego State committed 2020 guy. Uh, he plays third base for him. He also had a really good offensive and defensive tourney um, for the week. So Really love what I saw out of Beckman. They're going to be really tough going forward. I know they're doing well in league right now. And, uh, you know, uh, this, if, this, if this snowball rolls downhill, they're, they're going to be a tough, tough team to beat. Yeah, I talked a little bit to Coach Laval. I got eyes on them their second game and and all and saw McLean. You talked about McLean a little bit. Just to piggyback, I finally saw him on the mound a little bit. Uh, you, you know, he finally threw a uh, he closed out the game there. The second day it was 84-87. Curveball was 71-72. You know, showed some command of both pitches. Uh, you know, that could be a position that's a position that Coach Laval told me two years ago uh, when he was coming in as a freshman year, uh, you know, that that could be the position where he ultimately ends up. Uh, and so, yeah, you saw him be really offensive. I saw him on the mound and was pretty impressed with him there. So what, 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 who else did you see that stood out to you? Well, I was jumping in between Amherst Park and, and El Dorado, and I, I checked out Gar again, one of my favorite teams, though. They don't have the most impressive record this year. They still have some guys over there that uh, – that are really good. And, and on GAR, it, it starts with JJ Cruz, the Cal State Fullerton commit and Matt Polk, who is, who I talk about a lot, the UCLA guy. Um, and, and they put forth, uh, their best, best foot forward. And, uh, they also had some really good offensive tournaments. They, they squeaked out one by El Dorado in a, in, in a, um, eight inning game there. And uh, it was going back and forth and GAR ended up taking the win. So hopefully they can get going in the right direction, um, 
and and maybe put some wins together here and 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 turn the season around yeah that's a that, that's a always a very proud program right and and you know, Dodo does a really good job with that team, man. You know, for me, we we were both at this game to see, you know, Andrew Dahlquist, obviously, but, uh, you know, Brett McCauley, the outfielder at, at Redondo uh, at that first game, and then it carried over into the second game that I saw of theirs. Uh, he's just, man, he, he's really good, man. And, he, and he's a guy that not a lot of people talk about, even though he is committed to the University of Oregon. I mean, he put some swings on balls where I was just kind of like, okay, that 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 looks real. There's real power in there. Russ has been blowing him up for a while on us, uh, you know, telling us about him for a while now, uh, you know, really singing his praises. But you know, Brett McCauley for me, that outfielder out of Oregon, or pardon me, out of Redondo, who was headed to Oregon, uh, was a 2020. Was a guy that really stood out, man. I mean, the bat-to-ball skills are real, and and he can he can really go get it in the outfield. Yeah, you know, um, like I said, they Redondo played IMG, and we were both there, and you know, we saw Andrew on the mound, and uh, he he's the real deal too. So, and he was up to night, he was up to ninety three, and then what I had to do, of course, what I like to do is like to go and see these guys again. So I went, you know, the next day back over to El Dorado and and took in Redondo again, and just as you said, you know, Brett McCauley hit a home run, Christian DeCashea hit a home run, the the UW commit. And uh, and these guys are kind of firing all cylinders less, and they're going to be a tough one to beat as well going forward here. And um, you know, t- two CIF championships under their belt, and you know, a third is is very possible for them. So uh, they just have you know some horses, uh, so to speak, and uh, they're going to ride that that pitching rotation. Obviously, starts with Andrew and and Jake Tao uh, follows up with him. So yeah, they're, they're just going to be really tough. No doubt, and you're right. They're they're pretty darn offensive too, which is which is which is you know interesting as well. You know, then obviously the champs. I mean, West Ranch for me uh, sat on them for a couple of days. Uh, that that's a that's a team, and we'll have head coach Casey Burrell on uh, here in a little bit uh, to talk about this. But uh, you know, we, we that's a team that's just really really offensive, man. I mean, that lineup one through five or six is really good. The outfield is probably it's probably one of the best outfields i've seen uh in socal for sure this year i mean those three guys are really really good defensively uh and they're really good offensively and for me you know one of the more projectable guys out there is garrett monheim another guy that you and i have talked about uh on the podcast before but i mean he smoked a a two-run double in the first game you know he smokes another double in the second game he's physical he's strong it's really athletic um, you know, and he can really swing the bat. Uh, you know, that that for me was was were those you know three guys that really really kind of stood out over the week. You know, who for you? Um, you know, who else stood out for you, Doe? Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> always great to go to these tournaments where they have these out of state teams, right? And so I always like to check it out and 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 see the see some of these guys. A, a guy from Jordan High School, the beat the beat diggers, Les <laughs> uh, Hunter Swap. The BYU commit, just a really strong and physical right-handed kid, outfielder, really athletic. Um, of course, I you know I go in there first game, he hits a home run, and then, like I said, I love to check these guys out on back-to-back days. Um, and he hit another one out on the second day to the opposite field. He also made a beat on a ball uh, to center field, almost 
uh, robbed a home run from, I, I don't know who it was, but he just re- really made an athletic play and went above the fence line and, and just missed it. But you could just tell the athleticism this guy has. Uh, Hunter Swap, BYU commit, just really stood out for me. Yeah, we sat on them the first game there, and I remember when you got the video of the home run, it was like, oh, that worked out perfect. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they had some talent on that team. The pitcher in that game, the uncommitted guy, was really good. Remember him? I mean, he was 86, uh, 87. His name escapes me right now. Cannon Handy, the yeah. left-handed pitcher. Remember, he was 84, 86, touching 87 pretty regularly with a really good changeup, decent slider. I mean, for an uncommitted player in the state of Utah, that guy, Cannon Handy, was pretty good on that uh, that team, nicknamed yeah. the Beat Diggers. So that, yeah, that puts you know, it. It's, it's tough. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, man. No. What do you got? Just, just you know, the, those teams coming in from out of state, I, you know, we heard the rumor was it was snowing in, in Utah the week before. So, you know, these guys are coming out basically the first first live game looks, and, and these guys were competing. And, and it's tough to compete against some of these kids that have already been going for you know, a month or, or longer. And so they, they showed really well. They have some, you know, athletic, physical kids. And I really thought they did well this week. Yeah, that's a, re- that's a really good point. And you're right. And we did hear that. It's that guy sitting near us and told us that, which is, which is hard to believe, right? I mean, we had a lot of rain, but those guys are dealing with an entirely different element there uh, with the snow. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's transition. Though we got number one versus number two in the state going down in a three-game series this week. And and lucky for us, we get to go to these games because they're you know not too far from where we live. So we're, we're pretty excited about Orange Lutheran coming off the NHSI championship, you know, traveling to – uh, Jay Sarah for two games. Uh, Jay Sarah obviously coming off the the South Championship there of the Boris Classic two weeks ago at a bye last week. And and though I know you're headed over there tonight. And, and man, what, what are some of the things from Orange Lutheran standpoint that you're looking forward to? Yeah, uh, and just you know before I get into that, just congrats to Eric Borba and 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 the and the Lancers over there. They just put. Uh, a three, four game, you know, series together that was just, just unbelievable. And it was great watching them, even though it was from my, you know, living room, I got to see some of the broadcasts. I mean, (laughs) these guys look like a college team out there and some of the pitching performances they got out of their guys was just, just, just outstanding. I don't know what other word to put on it, but, you know, fast forward to tonight. Um, I'm, Yep, going over to Jay Sarah to check that out. I'm actually going over to a, another game before I get there, a three o'clock game, Laguna Beach against Elisa Nagel. And there's some obviously some pitching prospects over there and some some uh, high level prospects that I want to get my eyes on. But you know, focusing on on the six o'clock game, uh, really excited to see you know everybody less. I mean, there's just guys everywhere that's so fun to watch. There's some uncommitted guys um, and you know two uncommitted guys that are. You know, Nino Vitagio from Jay Sarah, Caden Connor, the MVP of the National Classic. And these guys are just really fun to watch. And it's, you know, a little bit of a mystery. We've talked about it before, why these guys are uncommitted. But, you know, pick your poison less. Um, you said, you know, pick three guys. I, you know, I could talk about, you know, each each one of these guys' lineups uh, up and down, one through nine, and the deep pitching staffs these guys all have. So, um Really excited to get going on on the three game series tonight. So, 
Yeah, you know, for me, there, there's there's one guy I'm really excited to see um, just because we I haven't seen him since MLK. Uh, that's Gage Jump for Jay Sarah, the uh, the left-handed pitcher there, the 21 class. Uh, you know, he was up to 90, is what I'm told, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, you know, he pitched at the MLK uh, tournament there, and uh, then he felt some soreness and, and was out for just a little while, and he's now starting to get right back into full swing. So I'm really excited to see him, uh, see if he does push 90s again. Uh, you know, obviously, Curiel, Schreier, Klassen, Jewett. I mean, look, it's a, if there's something like 21 or 22 Division One commits on these two rosters alone. So, I mean, it's like you said, though. I mean, who do we really want to see? We want to see them all because it's just a bevy of talent. So it's going to be a pretty exciting three-game set. The first game is tonight at 6 o'clock at J. Sarah. Uh, the second game is tomorrow night, Wednesday at seven o'clock at Hard Park, uh, and then they'll wrap things up Friday night at six o'clock at J. Sarah. If you can't be there, you can listen online, uh, you know, through the Mixler app. I, I'm not sure what the the addresses are. Just Google. Uh, Olu broadcast or J. Sarah broadcast, and you'll find it. Uh, so it should be, you know, obviously a big, big series there, a three-game set. Uh, but, you know, Doe, uh, just to hop back to last week real quick, you know, you 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 not only were covering the National Classic, but uh, you got eyes on Capitol Valley um, uh, last week, and, you know, they're pretty loaded with some talent there. You know, they've got a handful of Division One guys uh, left over from that roster uh, that, that, you know, went to the finals last year. They got a couple transfers in this year. You know, so that's a that's a team that, that could make some noise. Why don't you tell us about some of those guys you saw there? Yep, checked out the Ryan Lemon tournament, and uh, that was over at the Great Park at Orange, and what, what an unbelievable facility that is. Uh, I mean, it looks like a minor league park, and, you know, Maybe the Angels minor league teams could move in there and play some games. I mean, it's that good and it's that beautiful. But, you know, who I wanted, Capel Valley, you know, they have a bunch of underclassmen. Brady Casper, a 2020 middle infielder going to Oregon State. Uh, Jack Haley, another 2020 that's going to University of Oregon. And then Tim Scarlett, who took the mound. Uh, he's going to San Diego State, another 2020 guy. And I really got eyes on um, – Another 20, Adam Arroyo, the catcher, transfer from Jay Sarah, um, who's a really strong, athletic kid uh, that catches and DHs for Capital Valley. So really interesting going forward. They're going to be tough here, obviously, this year and, and in the years to come. But, uh, you know, later on that evening, I took in the championship game. It was Laguna Beach versus Yorba Belinda. Cutter Clausen was on the mound, your BYU commit, and Major League draft hopeful. They they just put an unbelievable game together, beat Yorba Linda eleven to one. Aiden Booth, one a guy that we know, he's been at some of our events. Just a really physical, six foot two, hundred ninety pound guy. He went he only went three for four, six RBIs less. So um, he was ha- more than half their offense um, in the championship game. Cutter Clausen went six innings. Um, he was touching ninety ninety one. He was working east west north south with all the command of all his four pitches and what a performance he put forward. Yeah. You talked about Aiden Booth there, man. He, he was at our preseason all state showcase and was 
it was super impressed not only by how physical he was, but by how athletic he is. I mean, he ran one of the best 60 times at that event, if I'm not mistaken. And, and yeah, I mean, that's just that Laguna Beach team is they've got some talent there. And it's really exciting to see what Coach Sears is going to do with that program here moving forward. Uh, so, Doe, that was last week. Well, where are you headed this week? I know we talked about Jay Sarah, Olu. Uh, any other games you're eyeing for this week? Well, like just going to maybe pro- probably take in all three of these uh, Trinity League games. And it's going to be really fun to watch. Should be high-level competition. And uh, I may sprinkle in a few other ones here and there. Don't really know exactly, but, you know, really want to focus on, on, this, on these Trinity League games between uh, the Lions and the Lancers. Awesome. All right, Dell. Well, hey, man, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on. Appreciate you making some time. You know, and, uh, you know, get after it this week and, and we'll be chatting soon. You got to last. Thanks so much. All right. We'll be right back and we'll take you inside the dugout. Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I am thrilled to take you inside the dugout with our next guest. He was an all-CIF player at Hart High School, where he was taken in the 38th round by Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Went on to USC, where he was an All-American and drafted in the 27th round by Atlanta. Uh, He started his his high school coaching career in 2000 at Saugus High School, where he was at for four years before opening West Ranch in 2004, where he's been ever since. Uh, My guest here today is head coach Casey Burrell. Casey, I am so pumped to have you on the show today. You don't even know. So thanks a bunch for being here. Les, I'm fired up. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and and as you can hear, Casey's in the elements, right? As we said before we started recording, so uh, we will battle those elements. Casey, reading your bio, the first line that that comes out, it says, I grew up here in the SCV and I will never leave. What what is it about the Santa Clarita Valley uh, that just your people from the Santa Clarita Valley are just loyal to their area? What, What is it about that area? Yeah, you know, us Santa Claritians, we uh, enjoy our kind of suburb living. Uh, We feel like we're close to nature. We feel like we're out in the boonies. Uh, The only thing that really identifies us is Magic Mountain. Uh, That's the best way to kind of say where we're at. But we still have all the best of the uh, big city stuff. I mean, it's easy to go watch a Dodgers game, go to a concert, go to some really neat restaurants up and over the hill. So we feel like we've got the best of both worlds. I can't imagine ever living here. I raised my own family here, and uh, I'm not leaving. That's that's awesome. Well, let's talk about the baseball talent in the Santa Clarita Valley. And, and you know, your team is, is one of the most talented teams up in that area. And last week, you guys made a run to the National Classic title. I watched you guys for your first two games, uh, came away incredibly impressed. But you, you guys beat Horizon from Arizona. Then you beat South Hills in, uh, from West Covina in your first two games. Then you beat a really good Redondo team. And, and then the championship game you beat a very very good San Dimas team and and, and talk a little bit about the National Classic uh, and, and just that run you guys made last week well we were very fortunate well you know uh, very uh, honored to have the bid to go ahead and be a participant in that uh, tournament uh, I thought all of the teams that we played were top-notch everyone was fantastic everybody was really into all the games it was really electric atmosphere we had a couple of chances to play at Cal State Fullerton, uh, you know, just an incredible experience for all of our players and their families and our coaching staff. 
Um, but yeah, we, we got off to kind of a hot start there right away against the team from Arizona. Um, I thought uh, the next three teams were pretty amazing. Uh, the battling with uh, South Hills, a perennial power, uh, D1 school. I thought that game were pretty offensive and got a pretty good pitching uh, performance by Trent Bird. And then in the two games that we had, semifinals and finals of Cal State Fullerton, uh, I thought our pitching was lights out. We played some pretty incredible defense. And, uh, you know, we got just enough. I think it was a 4-2 game in the semifinals against Redondo and a 2-1 uh, victory over San Dimas. And, uh, hey, either one of those games could have gone either direction depending on some, uh, you know, typical baseball stuff. <laughs> Right. And, 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 and more specifically, typical high school baseball stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, you there's no really- doubt. Hey, we, I have uh, chosen to be a head coach of uh, uh, a baseball, uh, you know, that is uh, seven innings long. That's uh, with teenagers and all of that that comes with it. And it's a blast. The greatest thing about coming and watching a high school baseball game is you'll see some plays that are as good as anything you see on TV with the pros. And you'll see some plays that are some head scratchers. So it really is as unpredictable as can be. And it's a lot of fun to coach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about your team a little bit. You guys are one win away from your fourth straight 20th win or 20 win season, excuse me. I mean, that is a model of consistency that I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what area or what valley or what, you know, hills or what county you're playing in, you know, 80, you know, over, over 80 wins in a four uh, season stretch is something impressive. And, you know, you have a group of seniors this year who I'm sure have been a part of that, that streak. And, and, you know, for me, those guys, you know, your outfield has to be one of the best outfields anywhere in Southern California. Yeah, you know, and we're, as any team that's having a good run uh, in a season, we look towards our seniors, and we are senior heavy this year. Uh, We've got 15 seniors actually on that uh, varsity roster, and a bunch of them play pretty consistently. And I'm with you. We are uh, super um, proud of our outfield. We've got uh, Ryan and Javon Camacho, the twins that uh, patrol, uh, you know, left field and center field, and they're super dynamic and super athletic. And we've had probably our best, uh, you know, RBI guy and power guy out in right field, and that's uh, Garrett Monheim. So you put those three guys together, and man, I think we've got a real special outfield. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that again on my field. Yeah, well, and that definitely carries over to your lineup, too. I mean, because you got those guys batting one, two, and four in your lineup, and you know, you mix in your, your catcher, Perez, in there, and he's no slouch either with that, the plates. So, I mean, that top four, top five in your lineup, you know, you and I talked a little bit after the game, and I said, that's really offensive. And, and, you know, you made some comments as to you thought that would come. Uh, you know, what what is it that finally made your offense click? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I think if I had that answer, I'd be going ahead and selling some books and making some money with it. Uh, we came into the season really thinking we were going to be something special offensively. And right away in the first, you know, two or three weeks, it was a real grind. We were just kind of okay. We had to try and win some games the old-fashioned way, play some small ball and move some people around. Uh, But, no, you're right. The last three weeks uh, that we've been playing, we've been pretty offensive. We've drove some balls in the gaps, and we've been able to do some big things, some big hits, and drive some runners around. And uh, we got production up and down our lineup. All nine guys contributed during that national classic. And, uh, you know, we, we're real thrilled on where we are now. We just have five games left in our season, all league games. And we're hoping that that offense stays the way it has. 
Yeah, and let, let's talk about that because you guys are doing it a little bit differently this year with your league game. So tell us about that kind of scheduling uh, quirk, for a lack of better terms. Yeah, and I think all of the teams out there and all the leagues have kind of faced this different-looking schedule this year. Um, you know, obviously our spring break for our school district out here has not changed. It stayed the same. But when uh, CIF moved the start dates up two weeks for us, why that made things differently, so or different, uh, challenging for us as far as scheduling for our league games. So what we did in our infinite wisdom out here is uh, we play each team three times in our league. We typically played each team once, went to spring break, came back, play each team twice in the same week, a little home and away action, and then off to playoffs. So we would have five league games, spring break, then 10 league games. Well, that's opposite this year. So we have played 10 league games moving into spring break. We're coming off of spring break, and now we have just one time each team. So it's a little bit different look. Uh, all the teams in our league are taking a look at those matchups and matching up the pitchers uh, to make sure it works for them, and they've got their best guy on the mound for the team that can help them win each individual league game that's left. Yeah, and well, in the Foothill League, it's, I mean, anybody, it's, you know, it's one of those stories anybody can beat anybody on any given day right and you know Valencia their overall record you know is 13 and 11 but in the league they're, they're nine and one you know they've got a one game lead over you guys and with with Saugus, Hart, Canyon and Golden Valley all behind you so I mean this is going to be just an exciting next three weeks with these final five games because it's I mean it, it's essentially a battle between you know, you guys in Valencia and Saugus has a chance in there with, with five games left as well. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's kind of been the four big teams over the last maybe, say, decade that have kind of, you know, battled for those playoff spots. It's been the three Division One teams, West Ranch, Valencia, and Hart. And Saugus has always poked their nose into everybody's business and made it miserable on everybody and has made the playoffs and has had a couple deep runs in the playoffs. So it's a, it's a great battle. Everybody out here knows everybody, as if you can probably imagine. It's a suburb city where people commute into work, into L.A. to do their thing. But everyone, all these kids grew up playing baseball together. They were all in the same travel ball teams. They all played down at the Williams Hart Pony Baseball Complex. And so it's a really kind of tight little baseball community, even though there's six high school teams. Everybody knows everybody. Valencia High School is absolutely in the driver's seat. I mean, they've got two, three real dynamic arms. It's not the deepest pitching staff, but I would take those two, three arms up against just about anybody in Southern California. And so, therefore, when you play them in a one-game set or a two-game set, they are super difficult to beat. Um, we have a deep pitching staff, and I think that's what helps us in a tournament-type field like you saw at the National Classic. I mean, we've got seven, six, I'm sorry, six senior arms that we think are fantastic. Um, so I think that's the difference. I think, you know, we're in a scrap. We do control our own destiny through the playoff. I'm sorry, through the league play. We've got, uh, you know, if we were to win out, we would win the league title because we would have two or three games from Valencia. Before we hit spring break, we split games with Valencia. So we each have one win over the other. Yeah, the Foothill Baseball League. And you talk about that, you know, that tight-knit community. That seems like that's kind of going away more and more these days. Uh, and, and so I think that, you know, kind of goes to that luster and that feel, that passion for the SCV when it comes to players. And, and, and you got a guy, he's not on your roster, and I'll close with this, 
he's not on your roster, but he was probably the biggest West Ranch baseball fan. You've got to tell me the story behind the broadcaster because I sat next to him and learned more about your team in the first two innings than I could have watching all four of your games last week. Hey, you know, Ronnie Wald is an absolute hoot. And our entire baseball family, the parents and the, the friends, our school, the administration, have just absolutely adopted that guy. Um, I met him way back, I want to say in our 2012 deep playoff run. We went to play at Long Beach State in the semifinals, Division One. Um, and I met him there. He was doing some broadcasting for some other schools and we just kind of kept in touch. And it wasn't more than a couple of years later why he was at all of our games. Uh, you know, he's just part of the family. If you get a chance to listen to him, I mean, it is fun. He is into it. He's positive. He's pro both teams. He doesn't dwell on the negative. He dwells on only the positive. And I think, Every high school should have some type of like broadcast like this because we get people from all over the country, you know, family members of our players and such, dialing in to listen to Ronnie Wald uh, call our games. And uh, yeah, if everyone, uh, you know, has not heard Ronnie or heard something like that, uh, you need to dial into one of the games and just kind of give it a listen for an inning or two. No doubt. The first game over at El Dorado, I sat right behind him with a, I had a college coach to my left and he was right, right in front of us. And we were both just looking at each other like, that's a great little nugget. You know, there was a, he was just dropping nuggets on players and it was just, it was awesome. And he was really, really good. And, and I do recommend that. But Casey, I am, I can't thank you enough for coming on today, man. I really appreciate you making some time and battling the elements out there uh, and coming on to just talk a little bit of West Ranch baseball with us. Hey, you rock. We appreciate all the coverage and all that you're doing for the high school kids out there. And uh, it was my pleasure. And uh, call upon me anytime. Awesome. Thanks again, Casey. Really appreciate it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I am joined by San Diego area scout Jack Shannon as we get ready to take you on the San Diego swing. And Jack, it's been a while since we had you on. You've had seen a lot of guys uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I'm pumped to have you back and get caught up. Yeah, it's good to be back on. Weather's heating up. A uh, lot of good baseball going on. Um, league plays in full swing. Seeing a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you 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 have seen a lot of good stuff here recently. And one guy I want to talk to you about is this this freshman you kind of just stumbled upon over at Scripps Ranch. What do you got on uh, pitcher Tyler Bremner? Yeah, yesterday I uh, headed out to Grossmont um, for a non-league game. Uh, kind of never know what you're going to get there. Almost like a Tuesday game in college baseball uh, in terms of who's pitching and who's playing. So talked to the Scripps Rants coach. He told me uh, he brought up a freshman to make his varsity debut. Um, wasn't really sure how he was going to perform, but told me he had good mechanics and a little bit of a feel for pitching. And uh, that's, that's exactly what I saw. Um, pretty uh, mature out there. Uh, mechanics were um, pretty smooth. Uh, good, good loose arm. Worked around in 82, 84 range and uh, topped at 85. Um, and featured a, a big, big breaking ball that uh, he threw for strikes, and he was throwing 
um, ahead and in behind in the count. So um, for a freshman making his uh, varsity debut is a pretty good showing and uh, definitely a guy that um, uh, to watch down the line. Yeah, you, it seems like you're stumbling into or, or coming across, I should say, uh, a lot of quality freshmen down in San Diego. The class, is, the class down there as a whole just seems really good. He's got a teammate on his travel ball team that, that we both, you know, like I like through the reports you've written and the video I've seen on him. And, you know, you've seen him now, uh, Jason Hall over at San Pasqual. So uh, the, the San Diego class in San Diego, uh, pardon me, the freshman class in San Diego seems to be stacking up pretty well, uh, you know, in terms as it relates to talent. Yeah, definitely. And uh, to see it come from the same travel ball team, the Longhorns, uh, coached by Max Holmick is pretty cool. Um, especially considering that, uh, he, he said that this has been in the works for a few years. It's a, a core group of guys on that travel ball team. So they're, uh, they're getting opportunities as uh, freshmen, um, on, on the big stage against good competition and, uh, showing well. Yeah, that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, Jack, as we we're like inside of two months of the MLB draft. And, and so now it's like, you know, scouts are really bearing down now with, with every opportunity they can to see guys. And one guy that, that you've been talking to scouts about as, as a potential pop-up guy is, is Drew Summers. He's a guy that we talked a little bit about a few weeks back, but uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about Drew Summers, you know, potentially being that pop-up guy in San Diego. Yeah, well, a um, couple scouts that I see out at the at the big games, they always ask me, um, you know, is there anyone, any pop-up guys, any seniors that we haven't seen or heard about? And um, one of the first things that pops up on my head, in my mind, is uh, a 90-mile-per-hour fastball from a left-handed pitcher, and uh, that's Drew Summers. Um, I, I've seen him once, and he hit 90 a couple times, was working in the mid to high 80s, and uh, his coach... Coach Jake was telling me that that is standard operating procedure. So uh, he's a big bodied guy with a pretty loose arm and going to a community college. So um, I think anytime that you have a pitcher hit 90, especially a lefty, that is uh, worthy of some looks and some consideration. Yes, no doubt, especially when he's spotting it the way you suggested he was. Uh, you talk about another guy that potentially could be a pop up guy. Uh, you know, we, I mean, we're, not uh, saying that he that he is or, or he isn't, but he he seems to be on that pace. And with about six weeks left in the season, he could be by the time it's all said and done. That's Mac Bingham over at Torrey Pines. Yeah, I mean he's a big name. Um, you know, definitely not a guy that people haven't heard of. So it's hard to call him a pop up guy. But he's putting up huge numbers. He's hitting four sixty with five homers and a ridiculous one five uh, OPS right now. So. He's, he's, he's putting up the numbers and he's hitting good pitching. We've seen him take, um, elite arms deep, um, all season. So I think he might put himself in a position where an MLB team is, I don't like to use the word forced, but, uh, really wanting to, to draft this guy just because he's, uh, he's got the tools and he's got, he's got the numbers. He might not have the, uh, the size that you're looking for in a high school outfielder, but, Sometimes it's just hard to ignore uh, pure athleticism and uh, that kind of power. 
Yeah, and, and the one thing I like that you said there was that he's hitting elite pitching deep, and, and that that that's a big key. Uh, one, so obviously you can't talk San Diego drafts prospects without talking Keone Cavaco. What are you hearing on him? Uh, Keone, I'm hearing a lot of good things about his defense. I'm hearing that it's just grading out extremely high right now, and will continue that way. Uh, watching his in and out is is pretty awesome. It's extremely smooth. He's got a cannon for an arm, uh, pretty much everything you want defensively for a high school player at third base, uh, from Keone. And I know the scouts are, are loving what they're seeing defensively. He's, he's continuing to hit. Uh, I think, uh, that's the biggest question mark in terms of how, how far can his bat take him? Uh, I think he's got the potential and, you know, uh, once he gets in the system, uh, whatever organization uh, takes them, they can make some simple adjustments to his swing to help. But uh, he's, he's, he's continuing on a good path towards uh, draft day. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's good to hear. I mean, all the reports that, that I've seen and, and videos that I've seen look like he's, you know, consistently moving up those boards, like you said. So let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, Jack, there is a huge, huge tournament going on next week in San Diego, the 2019 Lions Tournament. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's either the 59th or the 69th uh, version of the tournament. So it's been going on a long, long time. Uh, and the Open Division obviously is the biggest division there. It's a 16-team division, uh, bracketed into four groups of four, obviously. Uh, among some of the teams are San Diego Staples, East Lake. Poway, Helix, uh, you got Granite Hills in there, uh, Torrey Pines is in there, uh, outside of San Diego areas, uh, you have uh, Elk Grove, uh, you have Oaks Christian, <clears throat> excuse me, you have Desert Oasis from Nevada, Agora, Newberry Park, uh, and El Camino Real, who is pr- pr- you know, pretty dominant in the LA City section up here, so... Uh, big tournament. You and Steve will be down there to cover it. Uh, you know, what are you looking forward to in this tournament? What, what's kind of the storyline for you, if you will, in the open division? Uh, uh, in terms of storyline, I think this is a great opportunity for East Lake to really uh, put themselves on the national uh, spotlight in terms of, I believe they are 10th in our California rankings right now. They're number one in San Diego. They've only got one loss. Uh, they're slated to face Desert Oasis, Agora, and Torrey Pines uh, in their first three games. So this is a huge opportunity for them to really elevate themselves to the next level. So that's going to be fun to watch uh, as the top team in San Diego heads into the tournament. And then it's always great to get uh, some fresh blood and see some good teams, uh, El Camino Real, as you said, and Oaks Christian and schools like that. And it's it also makes it really easy uh, working for PBR that we, I can reference notes and contacts within, um, within our, uh, company to, uh, get questions and answers and players to watch. So, uh, it's going to be great. I'm going to head in, uh, ready to go and excited. Yeah. That, that's always a, a really good tournament. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, Eastlake quite a bit there, but man, Lacoste Canyon, given what they lost in Spencer Jones for the year, they're still playing some pretty good ball. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing extremely well. Uh, they, I saw two of their games against Torrey Pines, uh, which they swept the series, and they just look hungry. They look like they're having fun. 
and they're feeding off each other and um they're getting uh con- contributions uh one through nine and uh same with on the pitching staff they're just they're uh guys across the board are, are getting hits and, and putting up zeros. So they're a pretty uh, solid, complete team right now that I think is kind of the team, if you look at that, no one really wants to play right now. Yeah. Well, Jack, the uh, the Lions tournament is next week. Why don't you tell us uh, where you're going to be at this week? I'm going to head over and check out Sage Creek uh, for my second time today. They are currently 15 and two and ranked fifth. So the highest they've ever been in their short history as a baseball program. And then this weekend, uh, the annual high school games at Petco park. I believe there are six games um, being played at Petco. And uh, I'd like to get over and see Valhalla and El Capitan um, and see what else is going on over there. But it's always a great opportunity for the players and, parents and fans alike to get down to the big league stadium and, and play a ball game there yeah it's pretty neat they do those uh, at angel stadium here i uh, i've been to a couple of those it's pretty neat uh, indeed well well hey jack i uh, appreciate you making some time for us i uh, appreciate you taking us through the san diego swing uh you know it's always a treat to have you on and uh, thanks for coming on man yeah i appreciate you having me and uh excited to check back in next uh, next couple of weeks after the Lions tournament. Awesome. Well, th- we'll look forward to that and getting a recap of that. So uh, until then, for Jack Shannon, for Casey Burrell, and for Steve Doherty, I'm Les Lukacs saying until next time, we'll see you at the yard. 